everyone, and welcome to Pops and Hisses, a podcast where we talk to musicians you love, talk about concerts, and answer your burning music questions. I'm your host, Kevin Coffey, and in this episode, I'm talking to Patterson Hood, guitarist, singer, and songwriter from rock band Drive-By Truckers. This has been one of my favorite interviews for this podcast. I've been a huge fan of the Truckers for a long time. I've seen them live quite a few times, and it was really fun to catch up with Patterson and talk about music and their new record and all this other stuff. Um, I was just so excited to talk to him about their brand new album, which is called Welcome to Club 13. That record is named after this old club they used to play before they were even the Drive-By Truckers. The album's a good one, I promise, and I'm really excited for you to hear this conversation. Real quick, I do want to remind you that you can listen to the Pops and Hisses podcast and find music news, reviews, and interviews on our website, popsandhisses.com. But now it's time to talk to Patterson Hood from the Drive-By Truckers. Let's get into it. You, know, you guys are busy. You guys have a ton of shows this summer. The record's coming out. Yeah, I'll leave for Helsinki uh, at 6 a.m. Sunday, so... <laughs> Um, I got to start packing today. Yeah. You guys have a lot of European dates. We do. This is, uh, uh, we're going to be over there over almost five weeks. And, um, so I think this will be the longest Europe tour we've ever done. And it's the first one in over five years. So, you know, a lot of this was booked three albums ago (laughs) to be, (laughs) you know, some of these dates were booked in the fall of 2019 to be in the spring of 2020 and then everything went to shit. So, you know, we're, we're, we're still dealing with all of that. And, um, so it's, it's crazy, but I'm glad to be playing again, at least, yeah, definitely. Um, we saw you. I'm in Omaha. We saw you guys last year at the festival, and then you guys are swinging back through again this summer. So that's that'll be fun. Cool. That was a fun festival. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. You know, it's a really cool lineup of bands. It was a little little different than a lot of the festivals we end up being on. I, I really enjoyed that. You know, yeah, going on after Japanese breakfast was. Fun badass and thundercat and uh you know guy you know, it was a great festival really really had a good time yeah that was a fun that was a fun eclectic lineup but it was so cool because I, yeah. I, I i'm sure you're like me that i loved every band that was on that so i was yeah having... man me too me too and and you know we, we got to do a couple of festivals last summer that were kind of like that we did one up in massachusetts that had like bonnie light horseman and uh you know it's really it's really cool again kind of eclectic stuff and, yeah yeah uh, so i love love it when that happens that's awesome i'm glad you guys are coming back through uh later this summer you guys are just booked out <laughs> for what yeah. seems like forever um and then of course you've got the record coming out and i loved the the thing you wrote about club 13 itself and obviously there's the song but i've I didn't want to start out just talking to you about the place. Okay. Because it sounds, man, it sounds like the kind of weird, shitty little place that we've all been to or hung out at or played shows at. And um, it just was kind of fascinating to get a glimpse into what that was like. Yeah, it's funny. When I first wrote the song, I played it for my wife. And she's like, you know, no one's going to get that that didn't grow up in your hometown. But I found the opposite. It's like, it's like, no, I think everyone's hometown, unless you grew up, unless you were lucky enough to have grown up, you know, in Minneapolis or somewhere that has like the super cool 
rooms most of our hometowns had that little shithole and yeah. that was the only place you had to go and so you made the best of it and you found your fun there you know with the industrial carpet and the disco lights and the and the, and the hair metal cover bands and whatever came with it you know and our you know our little punk rock band Cooley and I had you know Adam's yeah. house cat in that day I mean, they hated us there, but the owner, the guy who owned the club was, a, he was, he, he kind of got what we were trying to do or to the extent that he could, at least he liked us enough to where he would throw us a Wednesday night opening for somebody, even though he knew that the people who came to the club probably would hate us, you know, he would throw <laughs> us the bone and, uh, and bless him for that, you know? So that was, uh, and, and so literally the people who paid money to see Sidewinder or whoever, they would hang out outside smoking while we played our set. And then they would <laughs> rush in and rush the stage as soon as we were done. You know? yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it's kind of like our anti-glory days song. Yeah. You have a line in the song. It's like our glory days did kind of suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it also was a good nod to the replacements because, because it was literally the replacements tim album that inspired me to drop out of college and form that band and uh you know and while we didn't really necessarily sound like the replacements they were a band that we really loved and looked up to because westerberg wrote the kind of songs i was trying to write and and the fact that they were kind of sloppy and out of tune you know well we were kind of sloppy and out of tune too you know and and uh so we so they were a band we looked up to, you know, we looked up to them and we looked up to REM who, you know, ended up becoming, you know, one of the biggest bands in the world, but they, uh, uh, but they were kind of the other side of that coin, you know, they were the other, you know, the other little band that could, except they actually did. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, yeah. Um, I love that. And there's a few, there's a few great replacements references on the on this record yeah. too yeah uh, there definitely is and mike mills sings back yeah up one yeah too. Mike so, sings so on. it was a little, little full circle on all of that and uh <laughs> uh you know I'm, I'm you know lucky as a as a grown-up older guy you know i've actually become friends with you know most of the rem camp and uh i'm actually neighbors with peter buck so uh and uh and, and friends with peter and mike and uh and at least friendly acquaintance with michael stipe you know yeah. and, and bill barry so uh so it, it's cool and of course we you know i lived in athens for decades and uh and and still still consider it home even though i live out here right now i, I, right. I love athens yeah everyone i've known has just said it's the greatest place um yeah do you know Rinda? Yeah, I was just gonna say I was gonna yeah. say Aranda and uh, Maria. I know that well, and yeah, I, was, I love that. Good place. friends with Aranda. Good friends with I, I'm friends with Maria too, but I was particularly good friends with Aranda. I actually got to see her pretty recently. She she came out to see us in Pioneer Town oh, uh, awesome. on our February tour, and uh, she she is awesome. It was weird being in. I guess that was probably the first time I've ever gone to Omaha last summer that I didn't hang out with her. Yeah, because they don't live here anymore. Um, actually, they've been. She's been on the podcast, this podcast, twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's lovely. Yeah, we used to yeah. work together at the Forty Watt. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Ever Athens just sounds like such a great place. Everyone I've talked to just loves it. Like them, uh, Matthew Sweet, who's a guy from here, who yeah. he ended up in Athens, and now he's yep. back in Omaha too. But 
Um, uh, yeah. Girlfriend was one of those, another one of those records to me that was like kind of a life changing record when, when that came out actually around the time Adam's house cat broke up, the, the fall that broke up was when girlfriend came out right. and I was pretty obsessed with that record that whole year. Yeah. I've listened to that one about a billion times too. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was interesting to me too, though, because of all this stuff. And like, I mean, you've talked about Adam's house cat a million times and uh, you know, talked about that band and how it broke up and you know, how you and Cooley got back together later for the DBTs and stuff. But what, what I wonder was, how did you end up writing the song now? <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's like, you know, th- I think I think this record, it's weird because we made this record faster than we've ever made a record ever. But writing it was over a, a period of time. I mean, I started writing, I started writing some of the stuff I wrote on this record well before we recorded the unraveling and uh you know i I sort of had in my mind a a record i wanted to do after american band and then it just kind of kept getting pushed back because crazy shit kept happening that we were writing about and we were kind of on this role of you know american band was such a a blatantly political record and after you know, what happened in the 2016 election, it, it was like, it, it, it just kind of stayed on the forefront to kind of keep doing that for a bit. And, uh, and even though I've, I've always considered our band to have a political aspect to us from day one, we had never put it so in the forefront before, but it just seemed wrong to not keep it there at least at that moment in time while all that was going. And so much of the unraveling was inspired by, by conversations with my kids because they were just growing up enough to where they were becoming really aware of the world around them at the worst possible time <laughs> to, 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 to become aware of this fucking shit show that we're in. And, uh, and so, I, you know, I felt like, I, I felt like as far as, you know, my writing and I, I I'm, I hate, I never like to talk, speak for Cooley because we're, we're very different mm-hmm. way our look at things. But at the same time, I feel pretty safe in saying it, it entered into his thing too. I mean, it, we, we definitely were very united in what we were doing, making those records. And, uh, and so, uh, uh, so we were, you know, we were kind of made unraveling for our kids to, to a big extent, just as a way of, you know, of us processing the conversations we were having to have with them at, at those times. And uh, so, so I kind of kept putting this in a back burner while we were working on those and, you know, kept writing for it. And then during the, during the 2020 lockdown, you know, I spent so much of that year, year and a half, but the first year of it, I spent so much time really deeply depressed and uh, going through some pretty horrific, you know, internal shit in my own head. Cause I didn't know if, I mean, I didn't know if what we were going to have to come back to, I didn't know if there would, you know, I knew our band wouldn't going to, wasn't going to break up, but I didn't know if there was actually a, the business we do for a living would even exist. And, right, uh, right, yeah. and, and I, and I didn't take it particularly well either. And, and instead of, you know, and a lot of the time, instead of 
often when something's making me really angry or depressed, I write as my way of processing it and dealing with it. But for a lot of that time, I really wasn't writing a lot. I just, I just was too, I was too depressed to write. And, and when I would write what, what I would write would just come off so almost bitter that I wouldn't like it. I didn't want to, I didn't want to put it out there even to myself. And, uh, but at some point when things started looking like it was going to turn around, you know, after the election and they approved the vaccine and it's like, okay, you know, maybe we're going to be able to rebuild this after all, uh, the floodgates sort of opened and I wrote basically the songs that completed the writing of this record during that time. Like the last song I wrote for this record was the driver. And oh, wow. when I, okay. and when I wrote it, I knew it was the first song on the record. Like I, I absolutely wrote it to be the lead off track. And, uh, uh, because I, I, we were far enough along with the record to where I kind of had an idea. Like I knew it was going to end with Wilder Days, which was actually one of the first songs I wrote for it. I knew mm-hmm. that Welcome to Club 13 would be right in the middle somewhere, you know, probably kicking off side two. But I needed that like opening track to really set the stage for the other songs. And so I, I wrote it kind of to be that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a super autobiographical song because I am that guy that spent, my youth basically driving around late at night, drinking often, uh, right. you know, and, you know, <laughs> I, I grew up rural. So there was, you know, you know, I lived, you know, 15 miles from town. So I spent a lot of time on back roads, just driving around late at night thinking that's how I would think with my stereo loud and, and, you know, smoking a doobie and driving around and, uh, and, uh, and I kind of realized that so many of my life's like epiphanies or moments of clarity occurred during those times, you know, all the way from, you know, dropping out of college and forming Adam's house cat. It was, it was one of those late night drives. Mm-hmm. And then once, once we started this band, we spent so much time on the road that again, you know, whether we were driving a van or riding in a bus or whatever, there was still just this constant movement. And, um, and 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 you know the down the the other side of that duality is if you spend enough time on the road you see some horrific shit too you know yeah you see, i was gonna you say see that those, yeah and uh you have the near-death experiences if you're lucky they're just near death and 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 you see those horrific wrecks you think god if i'd been you know 30 seconds ahead of where i was that would have been me you know and so so that's you know, that just seemed like the perfect place to start this record. Yeah. that it It's such a man. The song, that song just charges right up to you right off the bat. And um, when I first uh, was looking at the song list and stuff, I was like, wow, a seven minute song to pull to yeah. start off a record, but man, that just pulls you in and all those stories. And I've, I'm I've, pretty sure that was a first take. And yeah. if not, it was definitely no more than a second take. Uh, almost every song on the record, there might be a couple of third takes on the record, but almost everything on that record is a first or second take. Wow. And, uh, you know, I mean, we, 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 we did all the base, all the tracking on that record in three and a half days. And, uh, you know, that's not counting, you know, we, we spent some time with like overdubs or having, you know, 
people come in and do backup vocals or whatever. But, but as far as the basic tracks, you know, which I got to, you know, give the drummer credit there because you can only do that if your drummer nails his parts because that's the part you can't really fix. Right. And, uh, and, and Brad is the first take king and uh, he's, he's just fierce in the studio and he came, he came in so prepared this time. I think he spent the whole lockdown basically in his room smoking dope and practicing drums for like, you know, four hours a day for a year and a half. And so he came in the studio to make this record and he was just, he was amazing. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think there was a single first, tra- first take that the drums weren't just spot on. So That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you guys were just dialed in. The record's uh, really cool. One of the things I wanted to talk about, and drive, uh, the driver's a perfect thing to go off of it, but it's just the way you tell stories. is just, you make them so vivid, you pick them on these little details. It's not always the way you describe a specific thing, but how you pick out the few details and makes it feel real. Like, I, I'm listening to that song in particular, reminded of my days. I grew up in a city, but I mean, Nebraska's Nebraska. The right farm is 10 minutes away from me sure. driving around those same roads and thinking the same thing and it, it just like that song became very vivid and very, very real and very experiential to me same thing with uh club 13 the song was like i said it was just like kind of pulled into that so um how do you how do you pull those together those stories the way that they just uh kind of come out in that style i don't know i mean i i <laughs> you know I I mean, I've been writing my whole life. I started writing songs when I was eight and I'm pretty sure I I heard them in my head before I started writing them. Like, I think, I think I was eight when it occurred to me, I should write them down. Uh, Cause I kind of think I always heard them. And uh, you know, the, the, the better ones, it's, it's honestly like an out of body experience. And uh, it's, it's like the antenna picks it up and I'm just, able to write it down fast enough before it's gone and uh you know the the downside of that is when i'm in that kind of mode when i'm in writing mode i'm pretty literally dysfunctional for anything else uh uh and when i was a kid i wrote all the time because i made terrible grades i didn't give a fuck about school so i'd sit in class and write songs all day and uh you know and i i I wasn't good at sports or whatever. So I didn't really have a big social life in Alabama (laughs) after school. So I'd come home and I'd play records or I'd write songs. And that's just what I did. And, and I did it so much. It was kind of second nature to me, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's harder now because I've got all these other things I'd, that that I can't just neglect, you know, I've got kids, I want to be a good dad, I've got, you know, I've got a business I run, and I've got, you know, all these things. And when I'm in writing mode, none of it gets done very well. You know, I, I you know, honey, did you go to the store? Oh, uh, no, but I wrote this great chorus. <laughs> so it, it's sort of a, so there's, there's a lot of, push and pull kind of back and forth. And fortunately my family's patient with me. They know that when, when it's time for daddy to finish the record, daddy's probably going to be, you know, really off in space a lot. And, uh, uh, but I, I, I spend a lot of the time tricking myself to not be in that place so I can just get shit done. And, um, so it's, it's sort of a weird thing, but, uh, 
if that answers your question, that's a long rambling answer. <laughs> it's it's funny because this is completely random coincidence, but I talked to Craig Finn today. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, I yeah. love him. So I got his uh, new record. It comes out tomorrow, doesn't it? Right, it's so good. So I got um, you guys have the same publicist, which is funny. But they he was like, "Hey, I have Patterson and I have Craig on the same day. Can you do that?" And I was like, "Fuck yeah, that sounds awesome." <laughs> But Craig, you guys Craig both kinda... interviewed me for his podcast the other day. Okay, yeah, awesome. we talked about that too, which is awesome. I'm so excited for that to come out too. Um, but yeah, like you guys have a very similar the way you guys pull out details, these vivid details in songs. And so I actually asked you guys both the same question, so it's really awesome to hear the answer from both people. Well, I, I'm in awe of what he does. I, yeah. I think he's I think he's just phenomenal. And uh, you know, God in Chicago might be. It's one of my favorite songs ever written by anybody. Yeah. I think it's just a, it, it, he's got such a novelistic eye and, uh, uh, and some, and when he does write his novel, I can't wait to read it because <laughs> yeah. I, I just can't wait. I listened to that song about a thousand times. Yep, <laughs> in the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, you're talking about writing. I mean, God, you guys have written, you guys have put out three records in the last two years. And it's not like you guys were taking a lot of time off before that. You guys even, I mean, I, I know this recorded a while ago, but you even put out the the live album with you and Cooley and Isabel last year. Right. And so I'm like, man, you guys have just been pumping out uh, music lately. Yeah. I, I, I hope people will keep, you know, tuning in. They don't go, God, I'm so tired of those guys. They need to, they need to go away and not come back for a while, you know, but uh uh hopefully not yet give us give us a little more time but uh so uh you know at the same time i mean we have we have a good time doing it you know the the band's in a really really good place and uh our our, our band went through a number of years that were kind of there was like personnel issues and 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 people coming and going and you know people just not being able to deal with being on the road so much, which is very understandable. And, uh, cause it is crazy sometimes. And, and so, you know, we all of a sudden around, you know, 2013 or so, we kind of hit this point where we landed on this lineup and all of a sudden it was kind of like a rebirth. And, um, you know, these, these last nine or 10 years have been, probably the most fun I've ever had doing this. And that's saying a lot because I love my job. I love what I do. But, yeah. uh, but, uh, but all of a sudden to be able to do it, you know, and it be so kind of right on a personal level too. And, uh, you know, we, we really, we really get along good and we work well together and, you know, you feel like everybody's kind of pulling or pushing in the same direction. And, uh, so it's been, it's been pretty, it's been pretty awesome, you know, yeah. and I, and I, I continue to love, you know, the new songs Cooley writes and, and I love what he does, you know, to the ones I write and everything. And so it's, it's been a good time. Yeah. You guys have been, I mean, <laughs> you and Cooley as a songwriting as band partners for a long time has just been pretty awesome but to see you guys keep doing it and then like you said i mean your band's been a lot of different people come and go but it's been yeah like nine or ten years of the same lineup which has got to be the longest yeah oh yeah 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 Yeah. by far by by miles and miles and miles you know and and you know brad's now on his what 23rd year in the Mm -hmm. band or working on his 24th year in the band Mm -hmm. and uh jay's been in the band like 16 years i think 
you know, and of course, you know, we've all had kids, we've all watched our each other's kids grow up and uh, you know, all our kids, you know, Cooley just had his first one move off, move out of the house about a, actually while we were on tour last month, his oldest moved to Santa Fe and, uh, and uh, you know, which I'm sure was intense, you know, cause he wasn't even there to see him right. off, you know, although yeah. he'll be going, he'll be going and visiting him soon. But, but uh, so it was, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're hitting that age now to where our kids are like, you know, fast becoming adults and grownups. And, and that's amazing, you know, and, and, you know, we're all lucky. Y'all are, we all ended up with really great kids. So, you know, it's, it's, it's great seeing what they're becoming. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, yeah, man, I'm running. I mean, I could talk to you all day, <laughs> all this stuff, but I'm sure you got to run to the next thing pretty soon. Well, man, it's been great talking to you and if you have, yeah. you know, everything you need and I'm, I'm really appreciate it and uh look forward to hearing i want to hear what you did with craig too because i I, I will um i'll send send me a link to that too yeah i will i'll get him to ken and then he can send him your way but uh yeah it was great it was fun to talk to both you guys today i've been listening to both your records all day it's been it's been a nice day (laughs) yeah i i I can't wait to hear his record tomorrow because i I haven't i've heard i've heard the couple of leak the the advanced songs they put mm-hmm. out but i haven't gotten to hear the whole thing yet so i yeah, can't wait to hear it tomorrow it's good especially if you like god in chicago <laughs> it's oh yeah yeah <laughs> awesome right, man. Man. looking forward to seeing you uh this summer back here in omaha uh, well i'm psyched man maybe we'll have a beer or something Be sounds great. good all right you, you take care thanks a lot all right bye-bye Thanks for listening to my talk with Patterson Hood from the Drive-By Truckers. The band's new album, Welcome to Club 13, is out now, and you can find it on your favorite streaming platform, at your favorite local record store, or from the band's online store, too. Head to their website, that's drivebytruckers.com, for tour dates. The truckers are headed to Omaha, where I am, on July 19th with opener Lydia Loveless. I'm so excited about that. You can get tickets to that show at 1%productions.com. I'm really looking forward to it. Maybe I'll see you there. While you're here, I'd love to ask you a big favor, and that's if you enjoy this podcast, please send it to your friends. Share it on social media. Let people know about it. You'd really help out the podcast. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe to the Pops and Hisses podcast on your favorite podcast app or head to popsandhisses.com. You can listen to the podcast there, find more music news, reviews, interviews, and podcast episodes too. I'm your host, Kevin Coffey, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as at Omaha Music Guy or find my page on Facebook by searching for my name. Keep an eye on that Instagram page, by the way. I'm going to start doing some Instagram lives, and if you have a question or want to talk music, join the conversation on Instagram Live. Thank you once again to Herd at Media for producing the show, and you can find lots more of our podcasts at herdatmedia.com slash network. That's H-U-R-R-D-A-T media.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. A Herd at Media production.